Welcome to The Truth in This Art. I am your host, Rob Lee. Thanks for listening. Today, I'm excited to welcome my next guest, an interdisciplinary artist whose practice centers around self-portraiture, movement-based performance, public art, and art education. Inserting her body in public space, both natural and metropolitan, her performances, videos, and photography examines the relationship between one's physical self and its history and its environments. Please welcome Sierra K. Walters. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rob. Thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for making the time. Um, and it's 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 really a, a treat to really be able to chat a little bit um, before we got started into this. It's like, yes. it's almost like this thing where, you know, you go to the gym and they say, you know, you got to stretch, right? You, know, you got to stretch like you're, you're <laughs> before you got to activate. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. It's a version of that when it comes to conversation. Um, some people just go right into it. And I'd rather chat a little bit and get to know the person yes. touch before just tell me about your inner dark secrets about your work. You know, nobody wants to just go. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, please don't start that. We don't start with that. <laughs> so well, I do want to start off with this one. Um, you know, super excited okay. to chat with you. And I want to give you the space to describe like your background and share like an impactful yet early experience with art or creativity for you. Yeah, so as you introduced me, I'm CRK Walters. I am from Prince George's County, Maryland. PG County, baby, you know, <laughs> shout out real quick. Although I love Baltimore, I Baltimore has been winning my heart since uh, for the last few years now, um, and especially now that I'm at Micah. Um, but I was living in Los Angeles for the last seven years uh, prior to coming back to Maryland. And I became an artist in LA. My undergrad was not in art. It was actually in public relations. And I went to LA. I had just got a camera for my college graduation. I moved to LA right out of college and I just started taking photos and people were like, you're kind of good. And I was like, "Hmm, maybe I should like take this seriously. I was shooting events at the time. So um, that kind of led me down where I'm at now, but uh, early, an early memory of creativity or art that I encountered was, I think my first one, it has to be when I was in kindergarten. There was this little boy who was drawing and he was, I remember he was such a great drawer. Like he, I mean, just like colored in the lines, had like the 64 pack Crayola crowns, like just ev- everything like was so obsessed, so obsessed with it. And he tried to teach me how to draw and I actually can't draw. People think just because you're an artist, you know how to draw. And it's like, nah, like that's not it. But I just remember looking at what he was doing and just telling myself like, whatever it is that he's doing, like that's what I want to do. And so I would say that's like one of my earliest memories of like seeing creativity. That's that's great. That's, that's, that's really cool. Um, I guess I'll, it, it might make sense to share um, my, my early one of my early art experiences that was very impactful was, uh, you know, being in a class and you're in your art class and they give you the construction mm-hmm. paper. I remember eating the paste that didn't happen. It didn't oh. happen. Just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. No, um, just yeah, just just having sort of the, you know, the opportunity to kind of explore what have you in an art class. And I was always a doodle or always a drawer. And uh, mm-hmm. I used to get in trouble in class, actually, because I would uh, mm-hmm. hurry up and wrap up my tests so I could spend the rest of the time that everyone else is taking their tests so I can draw like mm-hmm. X-Men or what have you. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's what I was into. So this, this is sort of another introductory setting the stage sort of question. And it's going to sound so, so hokey and pretentious, but what does art mean to you? 
expression. I think it's, it really is um, a form of expression and freedom. I think art can be anything that you want it to be. If you look at my work that's behind me, I've been working with nylon and eggshells. And I think that like one of the biggest things is like really working with what you have um, and never feeling like you're limited to uh, your equipment or the supplies that you have or experience. And so for me, art has been a, a level of freedom to really explore who I am and what I believe and um, explore the world around me. So I think art is about freedom of expression and finding yourself. <laughs> I love that. It's, it's an invitation. It's almost like a passport you yes. know, to explore. And um, that's great. That's great. And I, 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 I was looking at that behind you, your work behind you. And I was like, <laughs> And I was like, no, no. And then they are. And it's oh, really. They are. <laughs> Thank you. So for, for those who are undipped, now that we got the, you know, sort of warm up questions out of the way, for those who are undipped, um, describe your current work. And I have some bullet points under there, but I at least want to start off with your current work. Yes. So right now I've been working, since, like since I started at Micah, I have been working with uh, Cracked Eggshells. Um, prior, right before coming into MICA, I started making these sculpture pieces with paper and eggshells and like just really focusing on formation um, of the eggshells and not really knowing what they meant. I had started collecting eggshells at the beginning of 2021 and I didn't start using them until the summer of 2022. So it was almost a year and a half, a year and a half um, when I actually started using this material that I had been collecting. And uh, this work is really about fragility, the cycles of creation and destruction, um, vulnerability, and my way of dealing with grief. I lost my mother in 2021 uh, to cancer. And in that, I became the guardian of my two younger sisters. And I also, my sisters and I watched my mother's body disappear because of chemotherapy. And so it really put my humanity and my mortality in front of me and the fragility because seeing my mother who was the strongest person that i know um so self so so self-sufficient and uh just motivated to do things herself and for her to not have that ability to do that anymore it really it really impacted me and so i guess the eggshell something about the, the fragility of them, um, you know, the saying walking on eggshells. But I think that like people look at fragility as a negative thing and I used to as well. And now instead of just accepting that our thoughts are fragile, our beliefs are fragile, our feelings are fragile, our bodies are fragile, our existence is fragile. And instead of running away from that, the work that I've been working on is running towards that. So I started making, so I have these sculpture pieces as itself with the eggshells and the pantyhose. Um, and then to add on to it, because I am a performance artist, I put the eggshell suit on. And so that is a part of the performance of the eggshell. These, these pieces are being put on and being recorded. And then to add on to that, I will walk into the wall and until all the eggshells are crushed. And it's just this crazy sensation to have these eggshells just kind of pop and clink and fall to the ground and, you know, just exist in all these ways. And I just love that the eggshells, none of them are alike. I love brown eggshells. I didn't get introduced to brown eggs until I was like living in LA and shopping at, shopping at the farmer's market. I grew up using white eggs. So I was like mind blown when I saw brown eggs. Um, 
but yeah, it's a it's a it's a fun it's a fun series. Definitely a, a deep one, but I love that I found some type of humor and again like this freedom in my grief. Thank you. Wow. Um, you know they they talk about um, certain feelings, right? I, I remember anger was one, but certain feelings are used as like energy for change and can be fuel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'd love to hear that you're you're taking from that experience, that grief, and being able to develop and create something from that. And um also I've got an ASMR like vibe off of it too. It's like great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Do you know the artist Marjani? No. Uh, she's a sculptor. She uh, did a studio visit with me and she is very into texture and sounds, and so because of her people who do studio visits with me now have to crush an egg show when they come into my studio. So they understand that feeling and they get to, they get the feeling and the noise. That's, that's great. Um, <laughs> I mean, I've got, I've kind of gotten like recently into, I, I remember it's not gotten recently too. I remember going to, I was in, um, I think contemporary New Orleans and, um, there was a video of this performance um, uh, piece that, that was there. And uh, the artist was talking about the the power of water. And he's talking mm. about his like mom's journey. And they were um, coming into this country, I think, from maybe South America or what have you. He's mm-hmm. doing this thing with this um, weighted like jug of water that was wrapped in barbed mm-hmm. wire. Mm. Uh-huh. And uh, he was holding it over his body. And he kept like getting closer and closer. And eventually he just dropped it on himself. I was like, oh, oh. And he's like, yeah, I just want to tell you how powerful and how strong and how damaging water can be. And I was like, wow, this. Wow. And that thing out of all of the stuff there, because all of the the whole like show there, the the, 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 the the gallery was around like water. But that's the one that stuck with me the most. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh, that's performance art. I was like, ah, OK, got it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, people sleep on performance art. Um, And it wasn't until, I mean, I've been performing since 2019. uh, But I is recently in the last like two semesters, I guess that I've had the confidence to lead as a performance artist, because I realized that like all my work is in a sense of performance. Um, But I think performance art is one of the most slept on and most powerful forms of art, mediums of art. So I got a few photography questions I want to I want to ask because yes. I saw that in the background as well. And as yes. I was with you earlier, it's like, yeah, so you photographers, right? Uh, <laughs> so, so talk about like when you, you first got interested or enthralled, as one might say, with like photography, with capturing like um, visual imagery. My mom always had cameras like she we have boxes in our house of just like photographs that she took from when I was a baby and um, continuing on. And so I think just watching her use the camera really captured my interest in the camera. And so I used to, and she always had like, I remember her first digital camera was a Sony, had like the screen was like this little tiny, you know, like this little tiny little square. And I would steal her cameras and I would take them to school and to sleepovers and to my friend's house and outside and, I'm just, I was just, I loved documenting my life. You know, I think as I've gotten older, I've just realized the importance of documenting everything and having those memories. Even when my mother was sick, I found myself taking photos and videos of not only what I was feeling, what I was going through, but also of my mother and my, and of my siblings. 
And even though that's, these are photographs and videos that are really hard to look at right now, and I haven't found the courage to really look at them, I just love to know that they're there. Um, so I think just like the, just being able to capture the moment. And when I was younger, I think I had to be like eight years old. My aunt got me a pink Barbie film camera. And that really just took off. Cause like now that I had my own camera, I just had all the, I had everything I needed to just take photos of what I wanted. And it was so bad that when I was in high school, there was a album on my Facebook that said, whole time why is Sierra always taking photographs because I just took photos of everything and a lot of those photos were of me so it makes sense that my art practice would just go into (laughs) (laughs) self-portraiture that's that's great I was waiting for you to talk (laughs) (laughs) and I want to ask a further question on that but it almost reminds me of um in terms of comments it almost reminds me of um I had this joke and I was telling you about um my my whole start in podcasting. I was juggling mm-hmm. one of my um one of my one of my co-hosts because I had a co-host at the time. I was like, I can just turn your mic off and we can have the conversation. But it'll just be <laughs> me recording myself. And he was like, Are you gonna do a hundred of those? I was like, maybe. And look where we're at now. <laughs> me talking with dead air on the other side. <laughs> so so how did how did self uh, portraiture come about for you? So I had shot this series in 2017 called Boys in the Front Seat. Um, And it was about, it was exploring masculinity, patriarchy, and in particular, the power dynamics between Black men and Black women. And in this series, it was a documentary that um, had 20 Black men in the front seat of my car. So I asked them all the same five questions. And um, to add on to that, it was a photography series. And so that was the first time that I was actually taking self-portraiture on film with me um but i had these men accompanying it and after that series the following year 2018 i was studying carrie may williams a lot i was really huge into carrie may williams as a lot of uh photographers are um you know she definitely is like the bible of photography specifically for black women too um but she has a series called roaming and she shoots her she does self-portraiture i believe it's self-portraiture but she takes photos of herself in this black dress all throughout rome and i remember seeing that and i was like that's so interesting i never thought to just shoot myself um and in 2018 i was in a real self-exploration phase in my life i found that taking the self-portrait series was the first time that I actually saw myself. Um, I have sexual trauma, I have been raped, and so there was a lot of disassociation and a a disconnection between me and my body for years. And it wasn't until the self-portrait series where I was like, oh, there she is, you know, there I am. And it honestly, it changed my life forever. I feel like it, I had cut my hair off too, so I had short hair. So it really was a, a new chapter for me. Um, but what I enjoyed the most about that series was going out into these nature locations all throughout California by myself and just me, my tripod and my camera and taking photos of myself. There was something that was just so thrilling about it. Like, you know, you get 10 seconds and all my work is on film. So it's like you got 10 seconds to like press the button, get into, jump into place, get the pose, right? You know, like 
you have like like you have like that certain amount of time. So there's like there's an energy exchange in between the camera and you in that time. Um, and I just I can't get enough of it. Thank you. Wow. Um, that's uh, you know, that the energy exchange, that's that's something that's there because like and, and and I might play with that, like going with something that's, mm. that's analog, you know, having that sort of vibe because you know it's it's like it's like riches, right? You have this old sort of digital thing, and it's like as long as I got a battery and as long as it's connected right. to something, it's not you know going to run out, and I don't have to right. feel rushed and so on. But also, it gives you a lot of time to kind of BS and mess around and explore, and there's some benefit to that. But on the other side of it, it's like, look, you know, like. I'll say there are sometimes let's say if I go traveling and I have uh I have like my storage device with me, it's like, all right, I didn't clean this. I got like 10 minutes on here. I need to right. take it take advantage of it. But right. there's, something there. there's something in there. So thank you for for making that that sort of connection. Cause there's something there. There is something there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, interdisciplinary. So working <laughs> t- talk about. And, and, and if you can unify, then that, that'd be perfect. But talk mm-hmm. about like creative process, like, you know, like from a from a sort of overarching standpoint, like with anything that you pursue creatively, where do you start? What is what does that look like? Is it I'm going to pull out this notepad or to jot down some ideas? What is that yeah. starting point? What does that process look like from a very general 10,000, 30,000 foot view? 30,000, that's better. Um, I... I am really a student. I love researching. I love going to museums and galleries and reading about artists. Like I have my book collection, my art book collection got crazy these last few years. <laughs> um, but yeah, I love, I find, I love being inspired by other artists. I love being inspired by the things around me. So I think it definitely starts with I'm um, reading something or I'm watching something. And it normally starts with the question of like, you know, boys in the front seat started because I was just like, what's up with black men and black women and their power dynamics between relationships, you know? And so that kind of like led down to, uh, okay, well now I'm realizing that I'm the driver of my life, but I keep giving the power to the men in the front seat of my car. So it's like, and then just keep exploring from there. And, you know, so I would say like my work is my, my creative process starts in research and then it just goes to exploring something. And right now it's been eggs. I've just been exploring eggs. I'm literally in Whole Foods looking at every cart and like, hmm, this one egg has freckles on it. This one's a different shade of brown. Okay, we got a light skin egg over here. Like it's like um, that, that curiosity always is the curiosity that leads to the question, the question that leads to the answer, you know. Um, but that answer comes usually way after the fact. What is what is the sign within that that because because I believe in going deep, right? And what mm-hmm. is the sign within that that all right? There's another level under here. Like, is there something that you're feeling like it's like, oh, okay, I need to go a little further in that? Or when do you know you've you've hit bedrock and it's like this is as low as I can get on this? Now let's go to this sort of next stage. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a feeling. It really is just, it's just a feeling. I think that, you know, I believe that when I'm creating, it's not really me. It has to be a divine, a divine intervention. It has to be because I'll make something and then later look at it and be like, I'm going to see what you did there. But like, I'm like, I'm the one who made it. It's like self-portraiture of me. And it's like, no, but like, 
that that when I was shooting that, that couldn't have been me, you know. Um, but yeah, I think it's just a, a feeling. I know for something with me, I, I'm a Sagittarius. I'm a very, like, <laughs> I'm a very, like, when I like something, I love it. Like, you can't tell me otherwise. I'm obsessed with it. Like, and then when I love it, like, it's another level and then I'm over it. So it, that's kind of like how I go with my practice as well. It's like, when I like something, I'm literally eating a green acai bowl for three months straight and then I'm not going to touch it. You know, then it's like, I can't eat it after that. You know, so it's like the same with like my, my practice is like, you know, i think about eggs all the time and so I'm not done with it yet but other series like with like uh, the self-portrait series or boys in the front seat or in between or these other photography series it kind of was like this feels good and I think we can move on that's great and uh I, I laugh so much because both of my parents are Sagittarius <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> I just look like and they're cusp too they're cusp on Capricorns <laughs> now I'm a cusp on a Capricorn, but an Aquarius, Capricorn and Aquarius. So it's like, all right, mm-hmm. I get y'all on this side, but when it comes to that Sag, I don't know about it, guys. Um, that fiery energy. <laughs> and, and and the other thing I'll, I'll throw out there, since you you you, you mentioned eggs, and I, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this. Um, I don't know if it's a good movie, but I enjoy watching it. Uh, Angel Heart. Definitely, there's a piece of egg related dialogue in it that. Yeah. You know, you check it out. You just look for that scene. It's Robert De Niro. Just type in mm-hmm. Robert De Niro, egg, uh, angel heart. And then you get back to me about what your thoughts. I think it's going to be something that you might find interesting. Oh, thank you. I love references. Thank you. Absolutely. Uh, so I, I want to see. So I think oftentimes, like, when we engage in something, whether it's creative or even entrepreneurial, but let's just say for creative sense, um, Sometimes it's connected to like a burning desire to fill a void. Mm-hmm. For instance, as I was sharing about this podcast, man, nobody's mm-hmm. talking about Baltimore and the arts and culture and all of that stuff here. Let me start mm-hmm. a podcast. Um, what would you say is like a, a key motivator, like, you know, that you, it has to pass that test for you, for you to kind of engage and spend time and effort, energy, uh, blood, sweat and tears, as it were, on a particular mm-hmm. piece of work? It has to it has to touch more than what I'm going through. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the biggest reasons why I make work. It is a creative outlet, a therapeutic outlet for me. Um, but it's the, you know, when I first got into art and looking at a lot of artists' work, there was something that, you know, bring, would bring me to tears and still to this day bring me to tears. Like, you get what I'm feeling before I even knew what I was feeling. You know, like you're telling my story before I could even, before I even had the courage or the words to tell my story. And so making my own work, I think about that. You know, like I have, I don't have that many followers on Instagram. (laughs) Like I'm not popping like that. But the followers that I do have are just wonderful people that really have been riding with me. And I call them appreciation DMs that I get, I get a, I get a good number of appreciation DMs specifically from young girls, from teenage girls, early teenage girls, mid twenties, early twenties. And it's, you know, your work means something to you, but when you hear someone else tell you what your work means to them, it like that, that is, that's, that's what matters. And that's the power of art. And that's why as artists, it is our responsibility to talk about matters that are bigger than ourselves and the things that are going on 
around us, you know? It is our responsibility to connect to our communities and create a, an entry point for our communities to connect to our work. So I get really passionate about that. <laughs> I love that answer. I love that answer. I, I, I get sort of the same thing on occasion when um, people hit me up. It's like, that was a real good episode or Man, damn, mm-hmm. I know that person was a jerk. I was like, I, I didn't say anything. It's like, what's like how they came across? I was like, well, <laughs> it's, it's the truth in his art, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but it is also like, wow, you you reached out to that person. I didn't think they were even on your radar. It's like they're right, doing interesting right. stuff. Let's let's explore. Let's dive into it. And you know, I think a lot of times almost in, in some ways being a maybe an avatar for folks of like, I want to ask this mm-hmm. question, I want to learn more about this. And kind of keeping sort of the conversation and, and driving the conversation in a direction, I think people resonate with that. And right, like, right. Wow, I didn't know we had this much creative talent here. And oh, this isn't the typical sort of conversation. And one thing I forgot to mention earlier, uh, I think you know those moments when you look back at work that you did. It's like I know I did it, but how did it? <laughs> call it the creative holy ghost. That's what I call it. It's definitely yes. holy ghost. It's like, yes. Yes. Um, could you describe uh, starting an art letter? I want to I hear about that. Oh, one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> one of my favorite things to talk about. An art letter, oh, a dream, really. I just, I can't even believe it's where it's at at this point. Um, it really started out of 2020 when all of those museums and galleries were saying, we stand with Black Lives Matter. And I'm just sitting here like, you gotta be kidding me. Like you gotta be kidding me. And it just, there was this fire that, that was started inside of me. And I really, you know, we had all this time to, to think. And so I dove in, as Bell Hook said, critically, critical thinking will change your life. You know, like you could have the power to free yourself if you critically think about your life and the things around you. And so I started thinking about what is the point of making art about Black people, Black bodies, and Black experiences is Black people don't have to see it. Hmm. Black people don't know about it. Why are all of these artists of color are in these institutions that are set up to keep out people that look like them? And these are the people that need to know their work the most. And so for me, I, I thought it was, a, it was, I was like, it's my responsibility because how can my community, who majority of them do not come from art, an art background, maybe have never even thought about art aside from the classes that they got that end up getting cut in in their elementary, middle, and high schools, right? Like, how could they understand my work if they don't understand the artists who come before me, the artists who have led this path for me to even be on this path, you know? Um, and I just love, like I said earlier, like I am a true student. I love, I didn't know that I was going to get my MFA. I had no idea. It makes sense now, but like, before I was like, if I'm not going to school for this, then I need to learn everything that I can on my own. And so I had all this information. And another thing that I was thinking about was like, wait a minute, I have all this information. Am I a gatekeeper? If I'm not sharing this information, if I'm not letting my community know about the, these artists and the, these art movements and these things that really could change our lives and that changed my life um, and gave me, as a lot of artists said, really gave me a lifeline. Um, and a purpose. But yeah, that's kind of where the art letter started was I just wanted my community to know about these amazing artists that influenced my practice and is the reason why I decided to commit myself fully to art. That's great. 
That's that's great to hear and great to, you know, be and recognize that sort of responsibility there and kind of start off with that that question and that I think like I did an interview earlier this week when I snuck away to watch baseball because that's what I was doing. <laughs> and uh, I, I remember talking to the guest and he was just like, look, he's like, I'm all about, he's a media personality. He's like, I'm all about listening to like what someone's issues are, what their observations are, but come to me mm-hmm. with like, what's your answer to it? What's your response to it? And mm-hmm. listening to what you were describing, it's like, well, this is my response to this. You galleries are talking about this, but right. you're not acting in this. And that's, that's a thing that, I find it confounding right. often, you know, when people get up and whatever these opportunities present themselves and they kind of grandstand and say, we stand by or ba 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 ba. It's like, you're not built like that. You're not acting in accordance to that or, mm-hmm. or colloquial about it. Eh, you're not standing on that. You ain't standing on mm-hmm. that at all. And, you know, I, I think it's something important about it. And I always value when folks take you know, whatever their opportunity and what their platform is and really follow through on the mm-hmm. thing that I'm saying, these are my values, this is what I'm about. And I try to do it when, I, when I'm doing this. And, you know, I try to talk to underrepresented folks or what have you, it's a commitment there to talk to all right. types of folks. And, you know, some of the, the DMs and some of the background messages are really weird sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but that's that's what I'm about. That's, right. that's what's important to me. I think that's where the most interesting stuff is at. And I think those are the folks that are often left out of who's an artist, who's a creative, whose story is worthy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. And I will add about the art letter. I asked my mom before she passed, like, what was her proudest moment for me? And she said when I released my art letter. So we got to keep that thing running. <laughs> got to keep it going for Eileen. <laughs> That's, that's that's great to hear. It's great. It's great to hear. Um, I, I think when it comes to you know the parents that were having, and as I touched on earlier, having Sagittarius parents, when uh, <laughs> when it's rare, like I said, I've been doing this podcast thing for a very long time, and I remember one of the times when my dad came out, Marine, the whole thing, right, light skinned Marine. Mm. So you got mm-hmm. all of that. I just remember mm-hmm. he pulled up and he's like, "Yeah, it's my boy right there." And I was like, okay, this is great. And just kind of like in the background, like, I don't get it, but I appreciate it. And I was like, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, the LED board, that sort of rite of passage thing that all mm-hmm. artists are about to work out to get, right? Um, mm-hmm. I, I remember it was one time where um, the, the promotion for the new season was up there. He saw it. He almost crashed the car. He's like, oh, is you up there? And I was like, you're driving. Can you, can you, can you <laughs> right, right. Like, Gee. <laughs> yeah, it is one of those like cool moments. So definitely got to keep it going. <laughs> yes, yes. So I got two more real questions for you. And then I got okay. probably six rapid fire questions because I've been adding. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> it, was three. it was three. So that, thank you. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, Talk talk about um, approaching like creative goals. I think it's always important to set like a number. So, you know, I, I think for me, at least, it's important to kind mm-hmm. of set a number or something I'm aiming toward, whether it be this year I want to do 75 podcasts or this mm-hmm. year I want to do 15 with jazz musicians or 25 with photographers, what have you. So in those instances, if you're creating, let's say, a creative goal, um, do you kind of get, you know, like bummed out if you kind of fall short of it, or do you get really amped up if you kind of exceed the goal? For instance, let's say, you know, you're a painter for sake of argument. And it's like, Hey, I'm going to do 
15 paintings this year? And if you get, you get bummed if you did nine or do you get super excited if you did 20? Um, I decided to tell you. Always got to throw it in there because <laughs> I am the deaf, I am a, a true sad. Um, I like freedom. So I don't really, I don't, I don't start the year and say like, okay, like I want to create this many bodies of work. It kind of just like, if it happens and it happens, I find myself, I can get over things really quick. Like if I say, all right, I'm going to work out this whole month and I only work out two weeks, but like, well, we'll try again next month, you know? So I'm definitely, I will love, I love overexceeding. Like if I do set a goal, it's like, all right, if I said I'm going to make two bodies of work in three months and I made four, I'm like, it's lit. You know, it's up. We're up. We, we're in our zone right now. Like nobody can tell us nothing. Like, um, thinking of Kanye West, <laughs> can't tell me nothing, but yeah. But if I don't reach a goal, I'm pretty chill about it and like understanding, but yeah, I like to keep my practice really free flowing because I never know what is going to inspire me. And I never know what is going to happen. That's going to change the direction of my practice in that month or that year, or, you know, in that quarter. So yeah, I like to keep, I like to keep it open, keep it free, baby. <laughs> I love that. I love, I love having having sort of that freedom or what have you, because I never stick to my goals. I'm like, eh, all right, that's a goal. But, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, I think it is something about getting getting caught on that flow and just continually doing it. Yes. Like if I don't do something creative or specifically if I don't do any interviews for, let's say, a week, two weeks or something, those mm-hmm. first few suck when I come back. Maybe there's the process of, all right, what questions do I have? What do I really want to know about this person? Mm -hmm, Or or even it's just like, I'm not in voice mode. I sound like different her. (laughs) It doesn't doesn't sound (laughs) as good. So it's like, let me really get this Mm -hmm. voice on point. Um, But yeah. You have a great, you have a great host voice. You have a great, like, you sound like you have a podcast. Well, thank you. Um, apparently, I don't look like it, but <laughs> I've been told this. <laughs> I'm also like, what is that? What does that even mean? <laughs> I don't know what that means. I'm gonna say it's the height, not me being a black dude, because I'm six four. I think it's I think it's the height. I'll just say it's the height. Oh my gosh, you're huge. This, you're six yeah. four. Him. Wow. <laughs> so uh, that's actually kind of gotten all of my real questions, because I think the the last one that's I spoke at it, you kind of already answered it. So. Let's get to some rapid fire questions. If you're Ooh, ready nervous. To, All right. to enter this dojo. Uh, Let's do it. All right. Um, I'm going to start with an easy one. Because, you know, artists, right? What is your favorite color right now? Orange. Yeah. Yeah. It's not about to be the summertime. Summertime, I'm always wearing orange. I've been in an orange phase lately. I like it. I like it. What is the most bizarre thing you've ever eaten? most bizarre thing I've ever eaten? Um, I guess chitlins. <laughs> you know what? I, I mean, I see some chitlins, you know. I, I, I like hot sauce, so it's just like, yo. Yo, let's get I it. I would never. I mean, I don't eat meat anymore, but like, I was definitely eating chitlins when I was younger. <laughs> now, if you said like, I had this chitlin sandwich, I'm like, yo, you are next level. <laughs> mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Uh, Okay, this is a this is a this is one that I added, and I think it's funny. You don't eat meat anymore, so what is your favorite way to have eggs? <laughs> okay, this is so awkward, but I don't actually like eggs. 
oh no, this this is more of like a battle cry. It's like, yeah, I love cracking these I things. I will. <laughs> I think because like after I graduated college and I moved to LA, I was so broke. Like all I could have, like I was eating eggs and avocado and salsa all the time. And something about like the smell of scrambled eggs is making me make me want to like puke but i will in the last few years i've slowly been introducing deviled eggs which i know is just so crazy it's like how do you not eat eggs or they eat deviled eggs but like you know every once in a while a nice little deviled egg i'm down for it i'm gonna just throw this out there <laughs> again going back to the thing i said earlier about um about angel heart Think of doubled eggs too. What do you think of this? Oh, I can't wait to see this film. <laughs> um, what is your favorite art book? My favorite art book. Um, and if you don't have a favorite, it could be the most recent one that you've uh, acquired. My favorite art book. Okay, I don't think I have a favorite. It's like picking between my children. I don't have any children, but if I did, you know, like um, I would say my favorite is um, Blackness at MoMA. Okay. Yeah. That book is so good. I mean, just like the way that the work is broken down and um, the work that is in it is just like, I, just a great book. And I would say definitely you should buy that book. Oh, and then also um, uh, Pamela J. Joyner and the Graffita Collection, their abstract, it's like Black Abstract Artists. It's at the Baltimore Museum of Art. It's only like $40. It's like a 500 book page. It's one of my favorite books. It talks about all these Black Abstract Artists and um, it's like one of the cheapest books I've ever bought that's like has that much information is in that much depth of uh, the artist. I'm I'm really digging. Thank you. I'm really digging this one that I have uh, in the studio right now. The new black uh, Vanguard. It was a gift from uh, Luanel. Oh, so, yes, I had that book. I haven't read it yet, but I heard, I've heard great things. Uh, let's see. So we've got two left. Okay. Are you more of a morning person or a night person? I'm an all day, all night person. <laughs> I like, I have a lot of energy. I will say like, I'm all about like things that make me move faster. I love coffee. So like, I'm just like up. I'm definitely the person like, hey, you guys, how are you? How was your day? How was your weekend? What's going on? At 8.40 on a Monday morning. And I'm also the same way at night, you know? So I, I'm, a, I'm an all day, every day person. I'm an up at 5 a.m. sleep by 10.30 kind of guy. Oh, and no, absolutely not. I, I like to get in the gym before anyone else is in there. That's, that's the only way I can do it. Not my love language. Not <laughs> what I'm a, doing. <laughs> a lot of five foot eight guys grunting it away, and I'd rather just be in there with no sound. You know, just <laughs> here, guys. Uh, this is the last one. And you can pass on this one if you want, because I know I have one really funny answer from one dude. and He was like, it's, it's just a letter. What does the K stand for? Oh, y'all can't know that. <laughs> Fair enough. It's my, it's my middle name, but you know, once when once once Rob, once me and you become cooler, I, I'll let you know my middle name. <laughs> that's, that's fair enough. Those and who know, no. <laughs> been like Kumasi, Kumasi J Burnett. I was like, "What's the J?" He was like, "It's a letter, dude." <laughs> I was like, "My man." I know it's so funny. Like when I'm like uh, dating new guys, and they're like, "What's the K?" And I'm like, "We're not there." <laughs> we're not there you don't get to know the middle name yet everybody i mean <laughs> is my first and middle name that is not my last name <laughs> mm -hmm. i get okay. mine the, the last one no one gets <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> so you understand i, I definitely do um so 
that's pretty much it um, for the for the interview and the rapid fire. You got off the hot seat. You 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 completed rapid fire. So thank you for that. <laughs> and uh, one, I want to thank you again for coming on to this podcast. It's been a treat. And uh, two, I want to invite and encourage you to share with the, the listeners where they can check you out, your work, social media, website. Let's go with website. Uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, so um, luckily you guys are catching me at a time where everything is the same. My website is www.sierrakwalters.com. My email is hi at sierrakwalters.com. My Instagram is sierrakwalters. <laughs> so you can find me in all of those, all those places. And, you know, I'm at Micah, so pull up, hit me up, <laughs> come do a studio visit. Come buy some of my work. Come start a relationship with me. Become friends. You know, <laughs> all of that. And there you have it, folks. I want to again thank Sierra K. Walters for coming on to the podcast and spending some time with me. And I'm Rob Lee saying that there's art and culture in and around your neck of the woods. You've just got to look for it. Oh,